Welcome, everybody, to the Motive Podcast, where we believe you are the hero of your life, your defective self-beliefs are your enemy, and the greatest motive in life is connection. I'm your host, Shaden Burton Oli. I'm a marriage and family therapist and founder of Motive, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Bree McMullen. Well, thanks again to everybody for listening. We've had a lot of great feedback, and we're just still trying to get better at it, too. Yep. Today's topic is awesome, though. The question we have is is one that's a dear passion of mine for sure. I think it's uh, something we gotta we got to take care of in our society. starts in the home. So the question is, what is one of the biggest struggles young people are facing right now, and what can we do to change it? That's the question we're looking at. Okay. Which brings out the topic of, to me, one of the biggest struggles that our young people have that needs to change, uh, that they are facing, is focusing more on what they want to do and very, very little on who they want to become. Yeah. And now's a good time because graduation is happening. You know, everybody's going to off to college, all these kids of 2020. And uh, yeah, so many of them just have no clue. And I think... But again, it's not their fault. No. It's, I mean, it, in some ways, it's it's where we as older people, we've got to be able to, to do a better job at helping people learn that becoming becoming is what life is about. Not Life isn't about what you do, it's who you become. Yeah. So I wrote some questions down that I think are really interesting to think about. Because I wrote, yeah. I wrote, what kind of food do you want to eat? What kind of movie do you want to watch? What clothes do you want to wear? What vehicle do you want to buy? What vacation do you want to go on? And I, I just wrote some random questions because in, in, a, in a hopes to, to actually help people think about the answers to them, which are, there's actually one, mm-hmm. in my opinion, which is, what kind of food do I want to eat? Kind of depends on who I am yeah. in that moment. What kind of movie do I want to watch? That depends on who I am. Uh, what clothes do I wear? Depends on who I am. What vehicle do I buy? Again, depends on who I am. Yeah. Could you answer those in other ways too? Like I want a truck because it's more practical for this. Yeah, but at its core, really, it's it's who I am is mm-hmm. what dictates those decisions. So then we go into these other questions of, well, what do you want to do with your life? Which is what all of these young people are getting asked all the time. Oh, yeah. They push it in high school. What do you want to do with your life? What more do you want to major in? What do you mm-hmm. want to do for a job? What do you want to do after high school? It's always the, the, the key word in there is do mm-hmm. instead of, well, the answer to that is also... Well, it depends on who I want to become. Mm-hmm. That means everything. Yeah. So So this is a topic that we have at my house a lot lately because I have a junior going on senior high school student and she feels a tremendous amount of pressure at school and from peers, you know, that her friends have their life laid out for them, that they want to go on to be a doctor, they want to do this, and that she honestly has no clue what to do post Mm -hmm. high school, you know? And so that stresses her out. And, and with something we talk about a lot that I keep reminding her, you know, your friends will change that probably a hundred times, but you know, it's more about the kind of person you're eventually going to become. Your career will fit in somewhere in there. You know, it's interesting. I have a, I've had a really interesting life story in this, at this time. So when I was 18, I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet, but I know, I know I've talked about my dad, but when I was 18, uh, three days before high school graduation, I got woken up on a Saturday morning by my mom and dad, and they proceeded to tell us that my dad was going to die. Really? Yep. And 
Is he, that when he you found out he had mm-hmm. his diagnosis? Yeah, my okay. entire senior year, he was trying to figure out what was going on for him. Mm-hmm. And they ruled out MS and ruled out all these other things. And basically the way Lou Gehrig's disease works, and I'm no, I'm no uh, neurologist or, or whatever, but they, uh, it's kind of, you, you find out someone has Lou Gehrig's disease much more because of what they don't have. Hmm. And it's kind of that last, that last case uh, yeah. option that anybody wants to bring up. And so we found out, he told us uh, on a Saturday morning that he had, it was like May 25th. So actually not too long from yeah. now. Um, and, uh, and you were a senior graduating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, they said he has a couple of years to live and, and it put me, uh, immediately, you know, for anyone who's listening, that's had, you know, when, when something pretty dramatic, drastic like that occurs, you, there is a blessing that occurs immediately, which is instantaneous, uh, near perfect perspective, mm-hmm. right. In life. It's like you suddenly have absolute certainty of what is and isn't important. And so for me, you know, baseball is a big deal for me. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time. She was important to me. And there were a lot of other things that in my life that were important. And immediately it was just, no, like, yeah. And what happened was I was forced to focus on, on principles that kept me in peace, mm-hmm. um, such as connection and yeah. honesty. You know, I had to really come, become honest with my dad about how hard this was and and it wasn't, my life was not about what I was going to do next very yeah. much. Yeah. Even though in my, you know, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and we, it's very common for us to serve missions and, and that was on my mind, but it was, it was much more about who I needed to be right now. Yeah. And then also with my dad dying, it, it created such an instantaneous focus on, emulating him which i think death does i think death creates that a little bit that we more we like almost we want to emulate a lot of those people that have gone on before us and so it it instilled in me this this focus of trying to emulate him Mm -hmm. uh and so not without any decision on my own i feel like i'm so blessed even through the trial of my dad that it focused it focused me into becoming someone quite quickly yeah, where otherwise you might have been just worried about what I'm going to do. Graduation, summer break, you know, yep. college starting, mission, things yep. like that. And coincidentally, focusing on becoming, and uh, it it actually made my decision for what I was going to do, which was for me, I did I did choose to serve a mission in in Berlin, Germany, and regret zero. I regret zero part of that. It was the greatest experience uh, in that at that time in my life, and. Uh, but had I just focused on that from the very beginning, I don't think I had gone. I would have gone. Yeah. But focusing on finding peace and maintaining peace and mm-hmm. loving my dad and my family and becoming a, a far better teenager than I was, I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah, I was to say, then you have to grow up really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It helped. So what what do you think, uh, as a question that I didn't prepare you for, What? why do you think parents and, and, and adults, like why do we, why do we struggle focusing on becoming so much more than when, why do we end up focusing on like pushing our kids and pushing others to more of like the performance of life? Yeah. I think a lot of it is because that's our society, you know, that we're success driven and there's measurable goals that dictate, you know, you've reached this. And I remember thinking in my life, once I reach this point, then, then this will happen or I'll feel fulfilled. Mm. Um, you know, and then 
maybe perhaps that was graduating high school. And then once I get to college, then I'll feel this. Once I get married, I'll have achieved, you know, achieved this. And it's those achievements of being able to go through your life and check off like that achievement. Okay, I got to this point. I got to this point. I got to this point. But, you know, I, uh, like you, you know, had a point where I was in college and, and it, my parent wasn't dying. But yeah, something similar that all of a sudden I was forced to really look at, well, who am I? Because the what went away, you know, and so all of a sudden it was, well, what's left of me? I'm now in a situation I didn't expect to be in. And for me, that was a young mother with two little kids as a stay-at-home mom. And that was definitely not my plan in life, mm -hmm. you know. And so all of a sudden I was like, well, there, what is left of me? And who is Brianne? And what am I doing here? Mm. You know, so for me, with my kids, and this is something that I have to remind myself of a lot, especially with my daughter who's getting to that point, to really step back and not be so focused on how are your grades? Are you going to get a scholarship? What are you going to do? What college are you going to go to? You know, those are the kinds of questions it's really easy to focus on and get obsessed over and she stresses out about it, you know, and step back and go, okay, so when this is all over, what kind of person are you going to be? You know, and what experiences are you going to have that help you become that person? Which is hard. That's hard to do as a parent. I find myself catching my comments a lot and going, Ooh, you know. Yeah. That's that's great, and it'll happen. Yes, she'll go to college, and yes, I'm sure she'll figure that out, but in the process, what kind of person is she going to become? Yeah. Who is she going to become? So it's I think that's hard. Because I think there's a methodology to it. In There's a very big picture perspective of this, of becoming who we become needs to be basically part of our life's purpose, mm -hmm. but also in the details of, 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 again, if your daughter was saying, mom, what, what do you think I should, what, I, what, what should I do in college? As a, I think a, a good, a good tip for all of us is to, instead of a, answering that question literally mm -hmm. and saying, well, I think you have a lot of gifts in this and I think you should do this. Yeah. I really think asking more of a, a question that helps them think, which is, well, who do you, again, who, who do you want to become? Mm -hmm. what, what is it that you see on the other side of the river? So to speak, if you're standing on this side, and you need to jump on this stone and that stone and that stone to get to the other side. What is on the other side for you? Yeah. Who's that person waiting? Yeah. Who is mm -hmm. that? And, or even it, what is it that you see that you could be doing there? But mm -hmm. okay, now let's go back and say, what kind of person do you need to become to be to do that? Yeah. You know, because I think so much of what's wrong with, and this is a whole other topic, but our our universities, having been in three of three different ones myself. There's there's just this such a focus on skills and oh, yeah. as there should be they're not there to like you know universities aren't there to try to teach people all these principles of humanity but it's there that you're graduating with so to speak skills mm -hmm. but employers don't trust you yeah. they don't trust the people they're hiring a lot of the time because of the person that they have not become yeah and so they have this set of skills but yet it's not really doing us a whole lot of good because we just don't really you're not really reliable yep and so being able to mentor somebody backwards from where they where they might want to go and then reversing that in and saying okay i that type of a person would probably need to have this trait and mm -hmm. this trait and this trait and and helping them to find other people that they can look up to if it's not you yourself helping them to find other people they can find as mentors yeah who demonstrate that trait really well is the greatest way that i've ever found to try to develop traits in myself i just adopt people 
I just, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say I use them, in, you know, in an abusive way, but like, I just, I see a trade in them and I say, that's what I, I want to become that. And I'll go interview, I'll go talk to them. Which I'll I think is important because then you can emulate. So let's lay out a couple quick ways then for people. So that would be one then. Mentor. So find a mentor. Yep. You know, one thing that I've been thinking of, um, and I realize this because I have very different children, you know, one mm -hmm. child is a very go-getter kind of person and I never have to say, hey, do your homework, or whatever. My other child isn't like that at all. And so when the yearly tests come out from the school that they do, their assessment achievement type tests that they give you, one child feels great because the tests are high and the other child feels like horrible. I mean, like they're never going to succeed because the test scores are not great. And so I think that that is another thing, you know, that could be number two is is stepping back at an early stage and not focusing on that, you know, they're not, and, and again, I don't want to get too off, but they're not technically allowed to base your child's successes, I guess, at school. They can't really discuss those test scores with your kid, but not focusing so much on that and the GPA yeah. and those kinds of things as a parent will help your child feel successful in being who they are, not what they are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, I have a good a good friend of mine has his own company, and it's uh, you know, they're, they're the amount of employees they have. I mean, it's a little bit under thirty or so, or something like that. And I've gotten to know many of them, and it's neat to see that there there are many people employed there who are just top notch, top notch. What you'd call like employees, like they just mm -hmm. they execute their job very well. Good relationship skills, good communication skills, good problem solving skills. I mean, they. And they don't have a college degree. Yeah. And I'm really, that's one thing I really am proud of my my friend for, of that looking far beyond just the certificate, if you will, this piece of paper mm -hmm. and focusing on the principles that are in that person uh, that he wants as a culture in his company. Yeah. You know, when it comes from the work side. And so, again, like you said, yeah, I think focusing early on on, on what what principles need to be taught early on in the home yeah. I, I teach this a lot in the parenting sessions I have and, and that parenting and holding kids accountable to the behaviors that they that they do or don't do is, is one way of parenting. And another way of parenting is, is to hold them accountable to the principles they didn't execute. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one thing for, for my kid to, to not do his homework and I can get on him for that yeah. or I can get on him for, or I could, you know, get on his case a little bit for being being lazy, if you will, you yeah. know, for not be, for not executing and not working hard and focusing more on that principle that this is what's going on in our family. Mm -hmm. You know, I had an interesting experience with that the other day with uh, my boys because they had a, they had a, they weren't listening to their mom. And I taught them this really quick lesson of you can, uh, I said, when, when we learn, we have two ways of learning. We can learn through wisdom. In other words, being, I use the word smart. We can learn by being smart or we can learn through pain. Mm -hmm. Either way, we will learn. <laughs> and so I said, so if mom asks you to do something, you you, you boys have a choice. Yeah. You can learn through being smart or you can learn through pain. And it's your choice. <laughs> and it was neat because instead of telling them exactly what to do yeah. from, from for a week now, when Shelly or myself says something to, that they, they need to do and they have hesitation, I can just say, listen, you can choose you can choose pain or you can choose consequences. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, or you can choose smart. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those listening, don't think I, when I say pain, I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean like absolutely like children. whipping. 
but uh, in the south you know give them a whooping but uh but at the same time pain as in uh there will be there will be a consequence you chose it will, sure. can be painful which and, might uh, mean for them you know at the young age sitting in their room by themselves and not participating mm-hmm. you know yeah yep so it's been neat because it just gives them a, a time to think and it's i've had a lot better success with them if you will to say oh yeah it just they, they kind of have an oh, an oh yeah moment like oh yeah uh, i want to be smart about that yeah and they go to the dishwasher and they go to what they're what they're supposed to do so is there anything else that you would is there a number three i guess or it, for it's, college it's such ki- a you know, cliche kids it's or... definitely a cliche answer it's not so practical as sometimes we like to be but for those listening if first off i want you to take an assessment of who you want to become from now until you know, mm-hmm. maybe you think a couple of years from now, like who, who do you want to become in a couple of years? And do you have somebody in your life that can emulate that a little bit that you could look up to and somebody you could, you could reach out to. Mm-hmm. And then for your children who you are a natural mentor to, whether you want to or not, uh, are you being someone they actually can look up to? Yeah. So flip it. Yeah. Flip mm-hmm. it. You know, I had a session, uh, a while back with a, a young man who is just so impressive to me who's had a really rough go. He went to a high school that was largely just homogenous. There was very little diversity at all. And he never, he just really never felt like he belonged anywhere. And he, he struggled and his, his whole, uh, his whole paradigm of, of the LDS church and his, you know, the religion he was living and, and, and also then going to the school is life is about a checklist. That's it's it, life is a checklist. You just do, do, mm-hmm. do, check it off, check it off, check it off. And I had a session the other day where I asked him, I and I said, who do you want to become? Yeah. Instead of what you want to do, because he, he graduated and I said, who do you want to become? And he, he literally said, what do you mean? <laughs> Which I think most of them would say that though. Yeah. And I said, no, think about yeah. it. Who do you want to become? And 20 minutes later, he was in just such like he was like dumbfounded like he couldn't believe like that he had the chance yeah that his life could be about becoming Mm -hmm. and that it isn't about a checklist that when we become the checks actually the checklist if there ever was one starts to check off actually quite naturally yeah and so uh i think being able to to invite others and when you see them living their life what i call performing life and if you're performing life, check it. But if you see other people, especially that you love a lot, who are always anxious, always maybe frustrated and worrying, that's often a, a sign that they're performing life mm-hmm. rather than living life and enjoying the moment by becoming. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. I love it. I think reading, you can't get past reading. Becoming and reading. I mean, reading biographies, reading, just reading people's lives. There's just such power in those, oh, yeah, in those stories you. of... The of ways. who they become mm-hmm. you see their story and and so that's i guess you could say there's number three if you want or number four is get involved in other people's transitory stories of how they've become and uh don't let your life be dull don't let it be the same you know yeah choose to change and choose to adopt new things and you don't have to be the same person you know you can become more and yeah you'll reflect that on other people well i think that the what happens very naturally yeah in it, you know, and it shifts to be a deeper thing when yep. you know the the who, yeah, and the why. One thing I could say that I know it kind of felt like we probably could have ended there, but it did <laughs> it did come into my mind of of uh, if you haven't read the book uh, Mindset, you got to. Okay. So Carol Dweck, 
Stanford researcher, changed the world with her research. She studied the what what she calls growth and fixed mindsets, mm-hmm. and goes in. She goes into great detail in what the differences are, and the reason I'm bringing her up is more because of the power of praise. Yeah. And so if I could give if I could give like one absolute like behavioral advice to anybody out here is praise principles Mm -hmm. over outcomes. Yeah. And that's what her research validated is that when we praise our kids in an outcome based way, such as our kid bring comes a test, he gets an A on the test and we say, good job. You're so smart. Smart. Yep. Um, And what we're saying is, is when they get a B, you're so dumb. Mm -hmm. And so when we praise outcomes, we're actually creating a culture in, in people to base their worth on their achievements yeah. when we praise principles such as hard work and honesty and dedication we all know how to replicate those things we can replicate hard work yeah i can't replicate I, well then they recognize that too and when they have a failure then it's okay because it doesn't dictate who they are yep you know yep mm-hmm. so praise those praise principles over outcomes sounds great cool love it good little chat Okay. Thanks, everyone. See you guys. See ya.